0: Hello, my whizzes, and welcome to episode 66 of the Food Biz Wiz podcast. Today's show is all about compliant copywriting for herbal supplement brands. Now, before you turn off this show thinking that you're not a supplement brand, hear me out. First off, I'm welcoming one of my favorite fellow consultants, Summer Singletary, to our show today. She's an experienced herbalist, a cookbook author, and a marketer who's going to drop some fantastic advice for you regardless of whether or not you're a functional food or supplement. Her advice spans categories here, so I'm sure you're, you are going to find value despite your product line. Secondly, you might be a supplement brand without even knowing it. I see so many functional foods nowadays who are mistakenly classifying themselves as foods, not supplements, and we're going to talk about the difference on today's show. Keep on listening as we dive into writing an engaging copy, that's also compliant for your food or beverage brand.
1: You're listening to Food Biz Wiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Ali Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going.
0: I'm going to tell you a secret from my time as a grocery buyer. Buyers will only bring in your product line if they trust that you are going to bring high sales to your category. They don't care whether your product is the most delicious ever or made with local ingredients. They care about whether or not it's going to sell. How can you prove this to those buyers? With data. And that is why I love WeStock. And I wish it had been around when I was in my buyer role. WeStock has modernized the classic product request form, and it collects your fans and followers' enthusiasm into real data that you can use in your wholesale pitch. Buyers rely on numbers, and you can give them just that by collecting it with WeStock. Check them out at westock.io or find them in my show notes and use promo code FOODBIZWIZ for 25% off your first year. Welcome, Summer. Great to have you on the show today. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited for this, and I'm so excited for my listeners to learn more about you. And Summer, I'm just going to get into it. So... Here, here we go. So I, my listeners, you heard me mention in our intro that Summer is an herbalist, a cookbook author, and a marketer. And I want to talk a little bit more at the beginning here on what that means so summer you are the founder of warmly summer a boutique content marketing agency who supports emerging and pioneering cpg brands in the natural products industry i love this so you have worked with some really great brands within the natural food and herbal herbal supplement categories including traditional medicinals fat and the moon wooden spoon herbs and more so i want to start right there so can we talk about your growth path in the natural products industry and how cosmic kitchen led you to warmly summer?
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Allison. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And for sure. Um, you know, I think like m- many folks, my path has not been linear. I actually started, um, 10 years ago, um, in efforts, uh, to start community gardens in college and to heal my own digestive issues. Um, I became an herbalist. I started down that path of becoming an herbalist. Um, which led me to uh, create this blog with my business partner, Sarah Kate, called Cosmic Kitchen. And it was this journal amongst friends. And I really grew, grew through that experience as both an herbalist and a cook because we mostly focus on herbal foods. And we recently launched our Cosmic Kitchen cookbook, which you can find online. Um, and it was through that experience that I learned a lot about herbal product making through going to school. And I eventually started working for traditional medicinals after, um, herb school at the California school of herbal studies. Uh, and I worked there for, uh, a few years, like Mm -hmm. I think about four years in house. And then I, uh, went freelance and I still work with them now on and off on different projects and it was there that I learned a lot about, uh, how challenging it is to have an herbal product brand, yeah. all the, all the ins and outs, how there's so many strenuous guidelines, because a lot of times I thought, wow, there's so many great products out here. I wonder why they're not on the market. Like yeah. as a, as an yeah. herbalist or somebody, um, that works with the plants, you, you just think about, oh, there's all these different formats that haven't made it to shelf or why aren't we saying what herbs do? Um, so After being a marketer for many years in-house and then working with other brands, um, I decided to go completely freelance and start my own boutique agency where I help folks come up with communication plans, especially herbal product brands and, and wellness brands in the CPG space. And I have realized that a huge barrier is this thing around compliance and understanding how to legally market your brand or even understanding if you are a supplement brand. If yeah,
0: you're. I think that's one of the things that we definitely have to talk about on the show today because I see it, God, I mean, you know, like I see it all the time in retail ready where these functional foods come in. I'm excited about this, right? But they're like, am I a supplement? Do I have to follow these guidelines? Like, I don't want to follow these guidelines. These guidelines are restrictive and boring. Like, I don't want to do it. So I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about those things. But Summer, I be, before we get into it, I was trying to remember how you and I met. Do you remember? Oh, I remember.
1: (laughs) Okay. How did we meet? I, you know, my friends like to call me a PI, like a private investigator. And I was like, (laughs) I was at this, um, conference and I wasn't, I, I didn't know that your platform existed, but I had been marinating on going freelance and right around the same time that I was going freelance, you were really, um, putting, I don't know how many years, I uh, uh, definitely over two because it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what stage of, of growth in, that you were at. Yeah. I'm
0: in year six of my business. So that would have been, yeah, I would have been a couple of years into retail ready. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I didn't know that you had existed, but I think it was like at Expo West or one mm. of those traitos, or maybe it was fancy food. Either way, I kept seeing your things pop up on all these emerging brands that I admired, you know, and shouting you out. And I was like, who is Allison? I need to know. <laughs> and I think I even like DM'd you and I was like, I want to meet. And you were like, so welcoming and warm. And I, <laughs> I just thought it was like a long shot, but I, that's how I kind of am, you know, I'm just yeah. like, Oh, like, like might as well try. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to meet. And then you were so receptive and we just had, um, a mutual connection at the assembly. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm there all the time. Cause my, you know, my, some of my friends were members, but I don't live in the city and you're like, let's do lunch. And you know, we just, That's how it started. Oh my gosh,
0: I can't. Okay, I know like my listeners don't really care about our history, so (laughs) I'll wrap this up. But Summer, it feels like I've known you for so long, and I'm, (laughs) you know, it's just been so fantastic to watch you claim your own space in the natural products industry and launch Warmly Summer while still keeping Cosmic Kitchen alive. I know, I know those are two full time jobs, so props to you for doing all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a great team and I think that's something that is so important when you're building a business and I'm just really grateful. I think it's such a great industry to be a part of. And like, I just think it's a true Testament to, um, how many great people are in the industry that people are just so willing to share and help. And like, that I could just DM you and you're like, yeah, like, let's do it. And now we feel like we've been friends forever. (laughs)
0: I know. I love this. I love this.
1: Okay. So you just, you just
0: said something that I want, that is a great place for us to start. You said that you've got a team in place. And so I want to start by being really clear about, Summer, what you, what you do, um, you know, from the copywriting and communications perspective and what you don't do. Because when we're talking about, guidelines and regulatory stuff, I think it's really important to realize that it does take a team to, (laughs) to make sure that a brand is compliant.
1: So, so what do you do and what do you not do? Totally. Well, actually the bulk of my business is doing content creation and communication strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty niche though. I tend to uh mostly attract and mostly want to work with supplement brands as that's kind of my specialty, but I also work with functional food and wellness brands as well. Um especially ones that have like a strong purpose and mission. Um I I really like all of us want to work in that space. Yeah. Um so Yes, those are the main things that I do. But with that has emerged this offering that my community has really needed um, is that I've done a lot of copywriting over the years for products, uh, websites, and other marketing and promotional materials, social media Mm -hmm. um, that has had to be compliant. And so I happen to know quite a bit about it. Um, I've had to learn what the guardrails are, where I can push, where I can't push, and so I've met a lot of great people along the way. So I, I work with lawyers. I work with um, folks that are research and development specialists that can talk about formulation strategies and safety protocols, contraindication, all the things you kind of need to know before just going in and write, writing what plants do and selling, the, <laughs> selling formulas and products. Um, because a lot of us, we you know, get excited, of course, because plants do incredible things. They do so many things. I mean, one plant can treat a digestive system issue. It could treat, um, you know, um, your nervous system. It could restore the nervous system. It could do many things at one time. But unfortunately, under the law, and in some ways, fortunately, there are reasons for these guidelines. You can't say it all. So at any rate, to answer your question, the team usually consists of um me writing the creative or imagining the creative, whether that comes to life in video, social, or what have you on pro- forward-facing product. And then I always recommend also somebody working with Zoe Gardner who can um, further do a stamp of approval, who she's a research and development specialist, um, formulation strategist, and she also wrote a book on herb drug contraindications. So making sure you have the right safety language on there as well. And then um, usually having a final look by a lawyer, especially if you want to push anything. Um, a, a lot of times folks kind of um, in with in a way of integrity, you kind of want to push the guidelines and say a little bit more or say things that are on the line um, about what plants actually do, but maybe you don't line up with the guidelines, if that makes sense. So if in that case, I always suggest working with a lawyer. Um, so makes, yeah, yeah it, I, I love this I love this
0: idea of a team right and you and I talk, talked a little bit, bit about this offline but you know we see it I see it with my clients too where they they expect that like me Ali Ball knows all of the answers and regulatory things to to everything And while I, while I have a lot of knowledge and have picked up a lot of things along the way about what they can and can't do, at the end of the day like I'm not a food scientist. I'm not a trademark lawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not a health inspector, and nor do I want to be. Right. So i I really appreciate that, Summer, that you say that right at the beginning too. That you you're really focused on that um, content creation and the and the copywriting and communications. You're a, at the end of the day, you're you're a
1: marketer rather than a um, a lawyer, right? Totally. Yeah. I'm a marketer and herbalist, which is like a very unique uh, (laughs) alignment, but it is definitely, um, it's really fun for me because I'm able to know what the plants do and then I'm able to creatively work within the guidelines. Uh, so it's pretty special. I really, and I really love working with multiple people because it gives you a lot of different perspectives and, you know, it really is better with the team. The older I get, the more I'm like, oh, help me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. You know, I like using the analogy, like you wouldn't ask your biology teacher to, to, to like help you study for your French exam. It's just, they're different, different things. Um, Okay. So Summer back to the top, tell me the difference between a supplement brand and just like a plain old food or beverage brand. That's got some like you know, boasts some like healing properties or like has some special, special herbs in there or something. Cause I think this is where people get really stuck. Like they're, you know, I can think of, you know, many clients who make things with adaptogens or clients who use particular herbs or maybe like syrups and things like that tinctures, and they don't think they're a supplement brand. Um, So what's the difference?
1: Yes. Great question. Great place to start. So I'm going to talk about a few category choices, and then I'll go into the type of claims that you can potentially make. And again, these are things that change not too often, um, but often enough that maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast, things have changed. Or there's new ways of saying things. Our boundaries have been, uh, you know, uh, expanded upon. And we are seeing people in this space interpreting the laws differently, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so there's, your, just there's your lawyer hat
1: coming on. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right, like yeah. disclaimer,
1: it all disclaimer. changes, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Do like, be specific to your brand. Like this yeah. is kind of like the the intro. This is the seed. Yes. This journey. And then I hope that you (laughs) hire the right team. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Give it to me. I'm ready. Okay. So foods, um, they definitely can have herbs, of course, like you spice foods and, and, and herbs are really medicinal. It's dependent on dose. So honestly, anything in your spice cabinet could probably be considered medicinal to some degree. Um, so it's that, that is one thing to keep in mind is that, um, you know, lots of foods are somewhat medicinal,
0: right? Like my cilantro sauce is still a food, even though it's made up of cilantro and it might, it might have some wonderful properties, but it's still, yeah, it's it's
1: probably a a low dose of goodness, you know? Um, so there's that. And then also um, a lot of the adaptogens can be used in foods because they are generally recognized as safe. And that might sound robotic because it is a guideline. Mm-hmm. So th- that is something. And they're, it's sometimes short called grass. Yeah, earth. G-R-A-S. Yeah. So that can be the thing. So they can be in the food, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can say everything they can do. So that's one category before we talk about claims, is the food category. Yep. So a lot of times you see that in drinks or powders or uh, syrups or w- yep. what have you. Yep. Um, so then we have the dietary supplement category, which are vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and herbs or some sort of mixture of all those things. And you can really say a bit more than you can about food in that category, which I'll go over. Um, But that's where you can kind of have herbs that live that are a little bit more acute in action on Mm -hmm. certain body systems. Um, So they usually have more specific usage that you want to talk about, um, even if it's for daily use or for like a certain kind of thing that's going on with your health. Um, So... and generally, uh, and this may change, uh, traditionally like foods kind of crossing too far and dietary supplements was kind of like a weird area, but now it's happening a lot. And I, and I haven't seen, I don't know. It seems like it's, that's just the natural evolution. And as an herbalist, I'm very excited about that because Mm -hmm. it expands formats and use and like ability to, for people to feel like they can use herbs every day mm-hmm. so i kind of like it but that you know i think traditionally those are very separate categories gotcha yeah i think there is a lot of
0: nuance <laughs> here too like i like i said i see it all the time and i think again that goes back to you know making sure that you've got a an expert or lawyer really clarifying which category you're in so you know you know where you need to be compliant right
1: exactly yeah but yeah, totally. And then I'll just speak to just, um, briefly that there's also OTC over the counter drugs yep. and yep. that can be anything, um, with, you know, that could be medications. Like, I don't know, like, you know, the kind of things that you'll find at a local CVS or yep. a Walgreens or things, and yep. even things that have like, uh, menthol in them or slippery elm or senna, um, which is often used, um, as a laxative. So some of those things that are more like pack a punch, yep. um, yep. can live in that OTC category. Yep. Okay. So that makes
0: total sense. We've got these like different categories where brands really need to figure out (laughs) where they land so they know how to, how to move forward. So what we want to talk about primarily today is herbal supplement brands. I know, you know, I know that's where you've done a ton of work. Let me ask this question. Is traditional medicinals considered an herbal supplement brand?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. Okay. So for people who don't know
0: what traditional medicinals is will you will you give us the one liner on them?
1: Oh yeah, I mean traditional medicinals. I don't know if I could do <laughs> one <laughs> liner, but I'll do a few liners. Um, they're just an incredible tea brand uh, that is in Sonoma County, and they have been around for um, decades. Yeah, um, it was time. started by Drake Sadler and and my herbal teacher Rosemary Gladstar, and they're just such a wonderful brand um, with really high values and their herbs are also something to throw out there. Um, Pharmacopeal grade, which basically means that the herbs work. So they're tested to make sure it's like a whole other level. Oh, cool. have
0: have yeah. This, yeah. But
1: it, this might be something fun to consider. Um, it's like you get it, you make sure that the herbs that you buy have a certain amount of, you know, constituents or active ingredients that can can make the qualified claim if that makes sense. Yeah, that
0: makes that t- makes total sense. And especially if your audience really cares about that, right? Like if they are drinking this tea for the specific healing properties or medicinal properties, that audience might want that certification. Um, mm-hmm. But somewhere I like I like bringing up the point that traditional medicinals is a supplement brand because they look. I mean, frankly, they look like any other tea brand on the shelf, right? Like you can go into the store, you can walk into Whole Foods, you can walk into Rainbow Grocery and find them on the shelf. Um, they're sold, you know, in tea bags. Like, you know, I've got to tell you, I've got some in my cabinet right now. And it's, I don't know, it's probably like lemon ginger or like peppermint yeah. or something. That's like a totally mainstream flavor, like it looks like a regular tea brand. And so I I just, I like using this as an example, saying that like not all supplement brands look like supplement brands,
1: right? Oh yeah. And I think now we're seeing even more of that, which I love. And there's kind of a nuanced communication strategy there. um, In my opinion, uh, my personal opinion Mm -hmm. is that, you know, in the past or just sometimes and this can be good too it's just a different strategy like you'll have something look really medicinal um and you know like a medical product and then that kind of further's the use for maybe a specific thing like you yeah. couldn't say this on pack but maybe it's cold and flu and you really get that idea that okay this is a rigorous product it's been tested it works but then if you have a product that you're trying to communicate that you use it every day and it's full of adaptogens, then that might not be the look for you. It might totally. need to be approachable.
0: Totally. Know? Uh gosh, there's so much that we can say without coming out and saying it. So, let's let's talk about that. So, first I want to talk about these guidelines specific specific to keep in mind if you're an herbal supplement brand. Where do you start there? What are what are these guidelines that we're looking at?
1: Yeah, so first just Knowing if you are a supplement brand, which mm-hmm. we which we talked about, um, so understanding, you know, when you're formulating um, your products, uh, what kind of herbs that you're deciding to use, you know, a lot of times I, as an herbalist and both a copywriter, I don't like to think about the guidelines first. I like to ideate first because then I'll make the best product and then I can tweak. Um, if I think about the guidelines first and I feel like I'm making the product for the guidelines yeah. versus making the product for yep. the people using it. Yep. So that's just like a small nuance. Cause you can start to get caught up in it. If that makes sense. Of course. Uh, yeah.
0: You're like, Oh gosh, like I got to do this, or I have to move in that direction. And at the end of the day, you're potentially compromising on product quality or functionality. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So understanding whether you're a supplement or not, um, And that's going to change everything from like, you you know, and we won't get into this, but like how your facility is run, whether you're co-packed or not, it's really going to have some big implications. Um, So really understand, and and, you know, that might not not be the thing starting out, but as you grow and get bigger, you're probably gonna have to pay more attention to those things. Um, So not to worry about all that at the gate, but yeah. So if you're a sub, if you are a supplement brand and you have figured that out, then the kinds of things that you can make claims are are structure function claims, nutrient content claims, and qualified health claims.
0: Okay, break and it so, down for me. Tell tell me yeah. more. I'm like, all right, Summer, what does that mean? Yeah.
1: No, totally. Yeah. So, like, let's say you're working with an herb um, that's high in vitamin C or something like this. Yep. Um, that would be something if it, in fact, in the format doesn't uh, degrade the vitamin C, which can sometimes happen with heat, then you could make that claim. (laughs) Yep. it's A little complicated. And that's where my friend Zoe would be helpful. You know, (laughs) Um, you can see how the team becomes important. Yes, absolutely. Uh, The structure function claim would be something like supports the digestive system, supports the nervous system, like eases, um, indigestion, um, Mm -hmm. things that support body systems in the body. So, structure function claims. Um, And then qualified health claims um, might be something like let me think about this uh, for a second. A qualified health claim might be something like um, supports healthy blood sugar levels. Okay. Something that's proven, but that's not acute. So, a lot of times uh, we'll think of things, uh, we'll wanna. Talk about how oh this is great for chronic sleeplessness, but anything that's chronic like that is considered what's called a disease state. Mm. So that's why when you when you when you look instead at structure, f- function, and body systems, um, that it shows that you're supporting a body system versus uh, curing or treating a mm. disease state, which is really what you want to avoid.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so like just because. I know a plant does something, doesn't mean I can just come out and say it, right?
1: Unfortunately, no. Yeah, <laughs> and pros and cons to that. With in regards to this, is essentially all within the DeShay, um dietary supplement. Okay. okay. Of Ninety-four, if we are going to be exact. <laughs> um, don't quote me on that, but also I
0: no. Sure but I'll put those. I'll put a link to the D'Shea guidelines in our show notes for our listeners.
1: Yeah. So, as an herbalist, it can be very frustrating because you have all these studies, and people will be like, "I mean, I feel like the guidelines sometimes makes it seem like the plants don't do a lot." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah, very frustrating. Um, but then the other side of it too is like, I really feel as I get deeper into my practice as an herbalist that plant formulas really are dependent on person to person. So, if somebody's really trying to treat something that's ailing them. They, I really feel that seeing a practitioner, just like you would see a doctor, is necessary. Yeah. So I kind of, I appreciate that we're not just saying everything that plants do because it might not be the right fit for, for that particular person. That's
0: right. And how, and how frustrating would that be, right? Like you, you do all this research, you know, just as like a consumer, you do the research, you settle on some sort of supplement, you take it and it doesn't work. Right. And that's the, that's the fastest way to be turned off from herbal medicine. Right.
1: Totally. Exactly. And, and that's a big reason why even the herbs that you source on another subject are so important and the format, because, you know, if, and, and, and writing the proper dosage, you know, I see that a lot on brands is that the dosage isn't quite right enough to maybe have an effect or it's, not insinuated Mm -hmm. enough. I feel like sometimes it's just a mistake. I I never think it's intentional. I know that people that make herbal products are, 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 were out there. Most of us just trying to help other people, but you know, we really have to remember that people that are taking these products are, are often, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting started on their journey. So just Mm -hmm. really letting people know. And I think I love that people are really like into design and things are short and sweet and approachable, but sometimes, you know, it sacrifices a little bit of those details that really help people feel an effect. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I hear you on that. Okay. So we just talked about about a bunch of no's, like what you can't do on your packaging. Basically, you can't like claim that your that your plant does, does much, right? Or we've got like some pretty strict guidelines on what you can and can't say. So Summer, I'm going to have us pause for a moment here. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about what we can do knowing these guidelines. Hang tight. You hear it from your customers every day. I love your product. I wish this was sold near me. When are you going to be carried at my favorite local store? It is time to capture those customer interactions and put them to work for your brand. WeStock streamlines the product request process and helps get your brand on retail shelves faster by collecting data that is essential for your wholesale pitch. And you have heard me say it enough times by now to know that buyers love data. A pitch that is backed by data is always going to capture that buyer's attention faster than a pitch without it. Learn more about how you can use your fans product request to perfect your pitch at westock.io or linked in my show notes and don't forget to use promo code foodbizwiz for 25% off your first year. Okay, summer, we're back and we're going to put a positive spin on it here. So, let's let's start by talking about like what what can brands do to be really engaging in their copy can What can they do to stay informative, even with these pretty strict guidelines in place?
1: Well, I mean, you have to remember when you really start to think about it, um, you you can say a lot. I think it's not always what we want to say, um, but you actually can say a lot. So um, you can think about all the different body systems. You can think about it supports the digestive system. It supports the nervous system. Uh, it supports healthy blood sugar levels. There's so many different body systems that can be mentioned in the copy. Um, you can also talk about the traditional applications to some degree. So researching traditions, and I really feel like that's so important because it honors the place and the practices from which these plants derive from. Mm-hmm. And I and I just think that's important in general. Like I really think honoring that and speaking to that is so important because a lot of these things aren't, a lot of these plants that we're using and putting in formulas, they're not new ideas and they come from rich traditions.
0: Yeah. And I can, I, I keep going back to my time working with gold mine adaptogens. And I remember, I don't know, Rachel and Tina, when they first introduced me to them, they were like, Allie, like, this is not new. <laughs> this has been used in, in, you know, traditional healing for centuries. Like this is not new. Um, and that they were so, so adamant in, in, talking about that in their copy and making sure that people didn't think that they were just like two white ladies, like introducing <laughs> medicinal mushrooms to California.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think that that's where some of the more detailed, whether that lives on packaging or an email campaigns yep. or, you know, social media, even, I feel like is so important because it, you know, a, I think a lot of us, who are using these plant medicines are familiar with that, but when you're first starting in your journey, I think people are kind of like, I don't know about all this. It sounds yeah. too good to be true. Yep, yep. <laughs> totally.
0: Well, I felt that way with Rachel. She was like, Allie, just take take goldmine like once a day, and all your stress will go away. And I was like, That's BS. Like, I don't know about that. And I will tell you. My adaptogens are getting me through COVID.
1: <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, it's amazing when you take them consistently. You, yeah. I, you really feel a buffer between like the moment where you feel the stress rising, and then yep. you're like, "Oh, wait a second, I got this."
0: <laughs> totally, I'm just less <laughs> reactive. Uh, gosh, I should have, a, I should have had Goldmine as the sponsor for this episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll link it. I'll link it in the show notes if anybody is curious what I'm talking about. But um, okay, so. So you said like figuring out how to you know of course like leaning on tradition you know really thinking about the the different moments where you're talking about the the plants and what they do what else what else can can you do um, as you're talking about the body functions and things like that
1: yes so along with talking about tradition you can also um, as I said before you can talk about nutritional claims qualified health claims um, and the like. But really I'll talk a bit about my process and some of the things that I like to do to go ahead and write copy that still feels authentic, engaging, and true to the product. Yeah. So, so these are some of the things that I do and I feel like this really helps me write copy that's both accurate and rooted in integrity versus trends. I feel like that's such a big part of, um, something that i see is that a lot there's a lot of repeatable phrases put out there about plants especially because the guidelines are so stringent mm-hmm. and i think it's important to not only infuse your own voice but really listen to the plants and the traditions and and herbalists and anybody that's a stakeholder in the process of creating your formulas about the plants because i really feel like you'll come up with something unique that's super resonant
0: yeah so give me an example of a stakeholder in herbal medicine?
1: Um, I think, you know, a stakeholder of a brand could be, you know, anyone who's creating, pro- producing the products and mm-hmm. maybe uh, understanding how they extract in a formula for you.
0: Gotcha. Um, or even like the farmer or like, the farmer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so
0: making sure that you're talking to people along, basically like along the supply chain, right?
1: Exactly. Okay. Because it's I like so that. Imp- Yeah. It's so important. And you might find a better story. You Mm -hmm. honestly might. And I've found that so many times in writing copywriting, you know, depending on the plant and where it comes from and how it's extracted, I might find something that's actually compliant that leans into how medicinal it is, Mm. you know, yeah, because you can really talk about the way that it's extracted or the way that it's farmed or the best time to harvest it. There's a lot of things that can nod To how powerful these plants are without saying, oh, it treats the liver, you know, or it (laughs) treats chronic sleeplessness. There's a lot of things. And
0: I like this idea of talking to the people who are experts and intimate with these plants, because I think it's, it's so easy, especially nowadays. And I bet you see this too, Summer. I think it's so easy to be like, I'm going to make protein balls and I'm just going to put some, <laughs> I'm going to put this, you know, plant extract in it because I hear that it's good for X, Y, Z without really knowing, you know, why you're doing it, what the origin is, is of the plant, either, either like, you know, from a traditional sense or like literally where the plant is coming from and where you're purchasing it from. Um, and it feels like when you when you're more intimate with the supply chain it makes for i don't know a a a better relationship a more authentic relationship with the pro- with the end product right
1: oh totally i mean i think that's always the case in indus- in any industry but i think with food um, sometimes it just seems like and sometimes herbs especially functional food it just seems like oh it's well it's just this and this you know yeah. and um not always but sometimes i think at least sometimes when you're just buying products too, it seems like, oh, well, there's like this added benefit. Like that's, that's great. Um, but these products are really alive and plants have hundreds of constituents, if not more, and so many different things that they do. And I'll give you a quick example before I speak to a little bit of my process, but, um, you know, something as simple as peppermint and a high dose can be great, you know, not a high dose, but a a, a medicinal dose could be therapeutic for somebody with digestive issues, but it could also be harmful. If you have GERD, um, you can, it can relax the system too much and you can have acid reflux.
0: Yes. Um, I'll tell you Summer. my husband is suffering from GERD right now. He thought he had COVID literally I went and got a COVID test and they were like, no, you just have GERD. And it's it's really interesting because one of the things, you know, the list was pretty short with what he has to avoid, but very specifically, they were like, no peppermint, no mint. And they said it over and over again. And I was like, I was really surprised by it. So I love that you brought brought this up as an example that hits so home to me uh, right now.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's such a great example of why it's so important you know, if let's say you're a really great chef and you're making a functional food product and you want to do some benefits, it's like just going that, like, you know, just, I would definitely consult with anybody at any part of the process, just pay to have that consultation if you can, um, because you're really going to find out a lot quick, you know, if you talk to an herbalist or somebody like this. Yep. Um, That makes total sense. Okay. So tell me,
0: tell me more about the process.
1: Yeah. So this is my process when I'm writing copy. Um, so just kind of looking at, have all the guidelines available, um, which we'll link in the show notes, but more importantly, I think to start, I always like to sit with the plants, you know, whether that's in nature or my garden, um, um, or even just taking the very medicines that you're writing about. Like if you're producing a tincture or a syrup or a, Powder that goes into a latte blend, whatever it is, I actually like to take the product when I'm writing about the product. I just feel like, you know, that probably sounds obvious. I love it. I've found (laughs) that it's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's like one of my biggest pieces of advice. I'm like, oh, you know, because sometimes you'll get copied back and you're like, it doesn't really taste like that. Yeah, and then it's like, right. oh, well, I haven't actually tried it. And you're like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I see that all the time. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, both like in a spiritual sense, and a literal sense, I think sitting with the plants is so important. And I feel, yep. you know, I'm, in my worldview, I do feel that they speak, you know, to me and through me better in that, in that way. Um I also feel that it's really important to research the plant and just kind of throw away the lens of all these guidelines like just go into depth into each ingredient that you have and it's really fun you know whether you use herbal books or you learn about their bioregion that they're originally from how they like to grow what plants they grow with um it, these kind of cues can tell you a lot about plants and it might help to tell a unique story mm-hmm. on packaging yep Um, And again, interviewing key stakeholders, whether that be, you know, farmers or the medicine makers in the process. Um, Again, I would speak to an herbalist. Um, If you're not a plant expert, just find one. Um, Whether you're doing formulation strategy or copywriting, I really feel like an herbalist um, and plant people should definitely be in the mix. Yeah, yep. This is like a responsibility thing too. I really think yeah, that CPG is a powerful industry and it's growing. And so the way that we write um, about plants affects how the whole country sees medicines. And it really can um, be a doorway for people into the plant world, like yeah. we talked about. So it's, I think that's a bit of a responsibility piece too. And it's fun. You'll learn a lot. Um, the other thing that I like to do is just write the copy then after these steps the way that I want to write it. Exactly how I want to write it. Just throw away the guidelines. And then from there, I like to copy edit it and be like, okay, well, okay, I'm saying it treats this. What body system is that? Mm-hmm. Is there a playful way or a euphemism, that a word that I can use? Like something recently I thought about was like hops for, you know, before bed, the plant. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, oh, uh, you'll hop to sleep in no time. You know, <laughs> it, can, it can be playful in yeah, that way. That's cute. Um, so a lot of times we think there's not a lot to say, but sometimes just like when somebody's like paint something, it feels a lot more challenging than when you're like, I don't know, paint a piece of, paint of fruit, you know. Right. Um, I think that sometimes these guidelines can actually be helpful because they um they kind of give you a little bit of a canvas to paint on if that makes sense.
0: It totally does, and I like the way you say you you start by by doing the writing in whatever format you want. You just let it flow. You you know, you were like, if there were no guidelines, what would I do? And then you can use the guidelines to you know, help hone hone your writing a bit.
1: Totally, and that's how I like to do it. And then I think you can kind of eventually get into a place where you're considering it. But I often find if you consider it too much, and you're just getting started and knowing the guidelines, it can feel incredibly overwhelming.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. That makes that makes total sense.
1: And so what I what I like that you
0: hinted at too is that there are so many nonverbal ways to to express the the functions of the plant as well, right? Whether that's like through imagery or through storytelling or whatever it is, you don't have to straight up say on your packaging, like this product does this, which frankly, like it's probably not
1: compliant anyways. Exactly. And speaking to that, I I think that that's a huge part of, of um, great strategy that I've seen a lot of brands do, you know, there's this, uh, tincture that I recently got and it had a picture of the digestive system in the front. Mm. And while you can make digestive system claims, I actually felt it even assisted it further by seeing a digestive tract on the medicinal tincture blend, you know, or, it could be a heart for heart health. I don't know. Like it could be something like this, or like we spoke about before, if something has a feel of being more rigorous and medicinal, I might understand that it's for acute situations, whether that be like cold and flu season and the like, where maybe you're only using those herbs at a certain time. Whereas it's a more of like a traditional medicinals packaging, um, A lot of their blends can be used every day and it has that fun, warm feeling, cozy. I can have this at any time um, type of feel.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay, I've got one last question before I let you go. What
1: about the brands who are just, who
0: are listening to this episode and they're like, okay, well, some are like, great. You just told me (laughs) that there's all these things I can't do. And then I'm gonna, I have to go out and like hire some experts. How about instead I'm just gonna copy (laughs) like, I'm just going to copy what a traditional medicinal says, or I'm just going to copy what some other up and coming functional supplement says. Like, can't I just go do that? Tell me, tell me if I can do that or not.
1: You you can, and a lot of people do. Um, I don't necessarily suggest it. I mean, of course. I think that there's so much that you can do. I think when you go to the show notes and and sign up for my email list, shameless plug, yep. and you know, <laughs> look at some of these resources that we're gonna tag, you're really gonna feel a lot better. I think yeah. this is like just the intro space and like having copy and a voice that's unique to you is always gonna be important and it's yeah. gonna be felt. Um, And there's lots of fun and playful things that you can do, but I definitely think you can use other brands as a guideline. I, however, I would caveat that it's important to note that there's a lot of brands that are on the market that just because they're in Whole Foods or what have you, it doesn't mean that they're compliant. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there are things that do get to market that aren't compliant and then they might be, um, you know, called out later or they might not, but I often have that happen. I'll have clients consulting with me and say, well, so-and-so does this and -and so-and-so does that. And I'm like, well, it's actually not technically legal. Um, (laughs) They've gotten away with it. You know, it's not that I think anybody has malintent. It's just, that I think sometimes people don't know the guidelines or they disagree with the guidelines enough that they're willing to push it.
0: Um, totally. And, it, you know, as an emerging brand, like there's nothing more heartbreaking than printing 10,000 pouches only to find out that you, you know, aren't working within the guidelines. Exactly. got to redo all that packaging. Yeah, that's just heartbreaking. Okay, mm-hmm. Summer, I said I only had one more question, but I have got one last one before I let you go. Um, tell me about your seed program and how you're currently working with brands and how people can stay in touch with you.
1: Yes, totally. Yeah. So I have a seed program, which is made for, um, emerging, uh, supplement and wellness brands. And basically it's a communications program that lasts two months and there's eight sessions and it's one-on-one coaching. It's a slightly customizable, mm-hmm. um, And because I just love working with people on a specific and individual level, and we go and create strategies for communication, whether that be brand voice positioning, what have you. And then we also go into social media strategies, what platforms are great for you, what content is going to be most engaging, how to create a great content flow that, that marries up with your sales, your sales calendar and, and the outlets that you're, that you're in, Um, So yeah, I, I love doing those and I've had such wonderful and amazing clients. And then other than that, um, I also do content creation for a lot of brands and I do community offerings usually about once a month. I'll start back up again this fall of doing online webinars. And usually I bring in industry experts, um, much like this compliance piece, um, that, that I do offer to some brands where I do compliant copywriting, um, we'll talk about it. We'll break it down. Um, much much like you have on the podcasts. Yeah. And Summer,
0: I've had retail ready students who have attended your past webinars and just rave about them. So I'm, you know, we'll, we'll make sure to link those in the show notes. And then the last thing I wanted to say too is Summer, you've got gosh, one of the most beautiful websites. And you're such a great marketer that I want to make sure that our our listeners go and check out Warmly Summer and just see the the beautiful work that you do over there as well. So I think that's just warmlysummer.com, correct?
1: Yeah, that's it. Thank you. I really of, appreciate that. Of course. Well, thank you
0: for being on the show today. Thank you for joining me in conversation. And I, I just have so much respect for what you're doing within the the CPG community and making sure that people are respecting plant traditions. I love it. Um, Thank you for being on the podcast, Summer.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you. And thank you guys for listening today, my Wizzes. I hope you got a lot out of my show today
0: with Summer and that she got your brain churning around creating copy that resonates with your audience that sparks sales and above all, that stays compliant. So let's continue the conversation in my Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. You will find that group linked in my show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. If you're not already in there, what are you waiting for? Come and join me and over 1,500 other food and beverage founders as we work together to grow our CPG businesses. I'll see you in that group soon. And as always, right back here next week. Until then, have a good one and stay busy.
1: Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.